Welcome to Screaming Bloody Oranges, the Invisible Oranges podcast. This is writer and IO podcaster Joe April. This episode, number 12 for our program, is a return to our previous promise to conduct podcast interviews with a range of musicians and other important figures in the metal and extreme music scenes. However, this is the first time we've conducted a one-on-one podcast interview as I recently chatted with Thomas Eriksson, founder and sole composer of the Norwegian black metal band Mork. On Friday, March 5th of this year, 2021, Mork will be releasing through Peaceville Records their fifth full-length album, Katedralen. We hope you enjoy the interview episode of Screaming Bloody Oranges, and without further ado, let's begin. We should probably start with talking about the album. Sure. So you have a new album coming out on Peaceville Records, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher this as I do every Norwegian word, but uh, Katedralen? That's quite good. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's Katedralen. Ka- That's uh, perfect. Nice. Uh, which I looked up means the cathedral in um, yes. in English. Um, and I and I saw in the press release for the album, you mentioned that you'd been kind of sitting on this album title for a while. Um, can you elaborate on that? Like why this... You knew this was something you wanted to use for Mork? Uh, I actually tend to go back a bit when I uh, make new music these days. I uh, You need to take into consideration that Mork is actually from 2004, you know? So it's mm-hmm. uh, it, it's got some years on the, on the back, you know? And uh, I think... About, say, 10, 15 years ago, say 15 years ago, I came up with a concept which was about the cathedral, uh, which w- was supposed to be the cathedral of the lost souls, you know. And uh, back then, Mork was just a side thing for me. Mm-hmm. No, no focus, it's only for fun. I was exploring black metal on the side like that. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, I, I was actually envisioning it as a concept EP back then. Like, you know, one track is like an eerie intro where mm-hmm. this, this desolate landscape where uh, um, a row of lost souls is led across the plains. And then the second song is that they cross a bridge that collapses. Mm. And the th- third song is that there's nowhere back, you know, no way back. Mm-hmm. And uh, the f- fourth song will would be the cathedral. So, um, and uh, if you fast forward 15 years, uh, um, me and uh, Mark, we were on a plane towards, I think it was Czech Republic or something. We were playing in Prague. And on the way there, I'm I'm always dabbling in my head about Murk, uh, past, present, and future, you know. And uh, at that time, I was like, figuring, try to figure out what the new album should be, be about, you know. And I just the title just hit me again, and I started envisioning these cool artwork ideas and stuff like that. So uh, I kind of polished it off, you know, and brought it back. And, uh, but, uh, it's not a concept album though. So I mm-hmm. kind of, I crammed the entire concept EP into one track, which you heard the, it's the final track of the album, you know, mm-hmm. and it's also a quite long track. So I suppose that's my most epic track ever or till, till date. Almost 10 minutes on that one. Oh shit, man. <laughs> I'm like the, I'm like the two, three minute hook guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and certainly that song's a pretty special one because um, you had a 
guest uh, from uh, Skepticism. Oh, uh, fuck yeah, man. Have you, have, you, have you heard of them? Heard about them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I remember at some point you and I were talking and you mentioned you were going to try to get him on your next album. Ah, so you were let in on the secrets. Uh, aha. <laughs> A while there you ago. Go. Uh, yeah. You're inside the circle. <laughs> <laughs> the inner black circle. Um, but yeah, how, how did that, you know, how did that, you know, actually come to fruition? Uh, the thing is, I um, when I was sitting there and creating the track, I remember when I came to the, the, the final riff. Mm-hmm. And I made the drum beat and everything, and it was everything was so slow and so atmospheric. And I started to think that, oh man, this actually reminds me about uh, a completely different genre of metal, mm. which was funeral doom. Uh, friends of mine actually ha- have a funeral doom band called uh, Abyssic. Have you heard about them? I'm sure I have, but it would be hard for me to <laughs> to pinpoint. <laughs> they will probably uh, chop my head off now for getting it wrong, but I think they have two albums out. Mm-hmm. Abyssic, that is, Norwegian Funeral Doom Band. Uh, so my riff kind of reminded me of something they did on their first album. But it also brought me back in time, because back in, this is, oh man, 20, 22 years ago or something, Oh, wow. I, dis- I, I discovered black metal, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I remember going on Google or... No, I th- actually think this was before we had Google here. So I think it was like Alta Vista or something, some crappy <laughs> browser thing. And I went on there and, and kind of typed in black metal and started digging around, you know, because I have just catched a Mayhem show the year before. And mm-hmm. uh, I was curious about what this is all about. So I remember finding Bursum you know obviously and listening to that and it was like oh fuck this is something different scary mm-hmm. atmospheric everything but in the same at the same time i actually found several extreme metal genres and i just tumbled into funeral doom by mistake almost and one of the first names that came up there was skepticism i went in there i listened to like a short fucking sound bite of a song because this is way back in the day, no complete songs, so only short waves, you know. I remember uh, those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like thirty seconds or something from uh, a track called uh, "Sign of a Storm," which is uh, the first track on the first album of Skepticism. Mm. And uh, the feeling that that track or that that, that those thirty seconds gave me has never left me since because mm. I have I had never felt so empty and hopeless uh i suppose you have heard it and uh it's so i don't know it's overwhelmingly heavy and somber and fast forward again to present day and uh i was like okay i actually have a funeral doom ending on the album here i should make this a special thing and a big deal Let's track down that poor son of a bitch that was in that band (laughs) that I heard 20 years ago. And uh, luck would have it that uh, I suppose you know the band, uh, The Death Trip, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's that's like a true British black metal band. Really atmospheric and excellent. Uh, Reminds me somewhat about uh, Bursum, actually. And uh, that's the band of the label manager of Peace Will, where where Mork is... uh, situated right now and uh his band is signed to a finnish label called svart records mm-hmm. which happens to be the label of skepticism too 
So then I found like a way in there and I yeah. got to track down Iro Pori, which is the pipe organ guy from that band and uh, sent him a mail. And uh, I think it went a few days and then he replied to me that it was, uh, it was interesting. And uh, we just had a, had a talk back and forth. And then uh, in, I think it was February, uh, Skepticism was booked to play in London at uh, Finfest, which was like a, I think it was one or two days, only Finnish bands at a venue in London. And uh, Skepticism play like every, every hundred years. It's really seldom. So I jumped the plane, went over there. I got myself uh, some tickets for that show. And I also got to meet up with Iro and have a proper meeting uh, over a nice dinner and had drinks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be a totally cool guy, which uh, we, we came along excellently. And he accepted my invitation. Um, and he was honored because this was actually his very first guest appearance ever. Wow. So that's a cool one too. And uh, yeah. he delivered the track to me. And uh, what you can hear today is history now. It's beautiful. It's, uh, and it's, to me personally, it's this cool circle going around since I found them back then, you know. They're a part of my life in metal and extreme metal, you know. And to have that into my music and my album like that is, I don't know, it's just beautiful. So I'm uh, really happy about it. Yeah, no, I I love that track and the the Pike organ really does make it different. Um, like after listening to that, I you know I mean there's plenty of keyboards and black metal, but it, it does make one think like oh there needs to be more pipe organ. Like there <laughs> you go. Very, this is a very cool sound. <laughs> and what's more perfect, man, than having an album called Cathedral, you know, yeah. and having that guy on it? I don't know it's perfect. Oh, yeah. And uh, you need to just stop me if I'm if I'm just ranting. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, and you know you had a couple of other um, guests on it. Obviously, uh, Nocturnal Culto, who had been on previous Mark albums. Yeah, but you have him on the song Svartmalt. Yes. So was there anything? I mean, at this point, was that just pretty usual? Just calling him up and being like, okay. Um, or, you know, uh, how much thought went into, like, oh, I really want him on this track? Um, it was, uh, like you said, pretty easy. Uh, yeah. By today, we are basically buddies, you know. And uh, we have mm-hmm. been hanging out some sometimes throughout the years since I met him. And uh, it was cool, though, because I can't ever take for granted that he accepts my invitation to actually be on the album you know because uh, those guys are well known uh, to say no to things <laughs> you know? yes like like playing live yeah yeah you will get one million dollars playing here nope <laughs> you know uh, they're a funny funny gentleman both of them I have I'm so yeah. lucky that I have gotten to know them both you know yeah. but um it was an honor having Ted on this time too. He, like you said, he's been on a previous album, on a previous track. And he even went on stage with Mork uh, at the time, you know, and uh, sang nice. his first track with us, and the, which was epic. You can find that one on YouTube. And um, think, have, you, have you seen it? Yeah, I think I did. Um, it's, it's probably been a little while, but yeah, I think I do remember seeing a, a video of him playing with you guys. 
I don't know if you can make it out on the on the video, but it's actually quite cool. It's very true because this is like a concert inside a barn in the middle of the forest in Norway. Uh, oh yeah, that's that's pretty traditional, right there. It is, <laughs> and the floor on the uh, in the barn was only dirt, you know. <laughs> nice. So uh, uh, more good more times. shows, more show, more black metal shows should be in barns. I definitely think that. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah, have have the the horses and the cats chilling, watching. We should have uh, some uh, more concerts on Amish uh, farms over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll have a big metal festival in Amish country. <laughs> oh, awesome! <laughs> they got the beards and stuff, so yeah, exactly. Um, it's very grim life, so it works. Um, yep, primitive. <laughs> um. Actually, God, what was it? I saw actually Nocturnal Cult alive once because uh, he played with Sark. Yeah, uh, Maryland and, Death Fest, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, that was pretty special getting to see that in person. Uh, since I know the guy, I can tell you that uh, he has he has actually uh, stated that he won't ever uh, go on an airplane again. <laughs> So, uh, so, so if if he ever plays live with Sark, it's going to be in Norway. I take yeah, it. He, actually, he did Vakken with them and some other. Mm. I, I remember the last thing was Vakken, I think, and then he actually drove down. <laughs> wow! And <laughs> took the boat and shit, you know. So but, uh, no, he was like totally uh, no airplanes is a no go. But uh, not even the train. I mean, you could take the train down. Yeah, right? The train is cool, you know, <laughs> but yeah. uh, the plane is a big no-no. Uh, <laughs> okay. So no, so that that's a scoop. No future Sark shows in the states. Yeah, you know what? I, I know that we are all human, and you should yeah. never say never. True, very true. Um, you know, and and just speaking of the song, uh, I really liked it quite a bit, and I know when you were promoting online you talked about it being a very kind of rock and roll kind of kick to the face song which it definitely is um and it's got that dark throne vibe to it which you know obviously fits nocturno's voice um but it's interesting how at a certain point like i kind of feel like a little past the halfway point it really hits this kind of melancholic kind of melodic phase and to me that's when it instantly is like this is something i wouldn't expect in Dark Throne, but totally sounds like Mork. Yeah. And the thing, uh, thank you, thank you, by the way. Uh, the thing is that, yes, I started when I, no, that's wrong, when I say when I started, but when I, when I w- came home from the Dark Thrones uh, studio room back in 2013 mm-hmm. and made my debut album. I was inspired by Dark Throne to do primitive black metal. But if you listen to Isabakia, the first, uh, my debut album, it doesn't sound like Dark Throne, you know? It doesn't sound mm. like Burstam. Too many people are, I don't know, uh, just uh, hung, hung up on that Mork is trying to sound like Dark Throne or Burstam. I, I, I don't see it or hear it like that. At least not anymore, because I, I feel that I have found my thread, you know, and my yeah. own vibe. And uh, it is what it is, you know. It's not inspired by ABBA, you know, or... uh, I mean, I definitely still hear every once in a while, especially with Dark Throne, I hear it in your music, but I hear it as an influence. In the same way you could say when you listen to any Dark Throne, you can hear Celtic Frost. 
Like yes. you 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 can never separate away. But Darkthrone absolutely has its own identity. And yeah, I definitely think you with Mork have your own identity. And and part of that is in those moments where it's like I can clearly hear when it goes to the next riff, all of a sudden it's not a riff that makes me think of Darkthrone, it makes me think of just Mork. Yep. That's good. That's a good thing. Then I do something right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, the thing is, you know, you, you you mentioned Celtic Frost, you know, and that's that's hundred percent correct because Celtic Frost inspired Dark Throne. Dark Throne inspired me to go back and check out Celtic Frost. Mm. So, what I am actually trying to do with my some of my songs, not all of them, but some of them, yeah. is just to hit a really primitive nerve without. B- going Mickey Mouse, you know? <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. Uh, I, I am a big fan and I, a big lover of <laughs> the Tom G grunts. Yes! <laughs> oh man, we actually played together. Uh, you were there. We played together uh, with uh, Triumph of Death in uh, Vegas. But yeah. after that, uh, actually late 2019, we also played together in Italy. Uh, on the same stage and uh, mm. almost shared the dressing rooms and stuff and I almost hit him in the in the in the lobby <laughs> of the hotel and stuff and I, I had never spoken with Tom huh. but uh, at that particular night I I figured there was there was something going on because uh, he mm. was not in a good mood I can I could tell because yeah. I know I know plenty of people who are friends with him uh, say he's the best guy in the world you know but uh, that night something went down, and I think actually they fired their bass player after that night too. So uh, oh, my yeah. intuition was correct. But if it wasn't for that, I would absolutely approach him that night and tell him how, how appreciative I am of his work. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he's someone who I've never talked to uh, yet. Uh, you know, hopefully one day. But uh, yeah, it's a little intimidating. Um, <laughs> Because of who he is and what he's done. Yes, and when he's he's in a bad mood and you can see it in his face, then just leave him be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But me and my other other friend, uh, Sideman, the bass player from 1349, Mm -hmm. uh, he also plays guest on a Mork track, actually, on the third album. Uh, play some bass on one track there. Uh, me and him are actually planning to take a trip to Switzerland to see Tom, you know, in the future. But oh. this has because they are friends, you know. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah. we are planning to go to the Geiger Museum and the Geiger oh, Pub. Yeah, that would be that's a that's a dream uh, week weekend for me. So I'm looking forward to COVID to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to COVID to fuck off in so many ways. <laughs> School to that man. Cool. Um, oh, it's interesting you mentioned the Giger um, Museum. I'll, I'll have to look up. I think it's called Dark Star. There's a really good documentary about Giger. Um, really? Yeah. And it, it was uh, the footage that they shot was about a year before he died. Um, I mean, they have older footage too, but like the main uh, photography is from then. And they have interviews with Tom. Because he was obviously Giger's personal assistant. Ah, oh, you know what? I think I actually seen some trailers and stuff about that, but I never, I never catched the entire thing. Yeah. I I'd really recommend it. It's really good. Um, you really get a good view into his life and his work. And and the the other 
cool thing too, obviously, is Metalheads. I mean, you know, Giger has played a big part in that, but obviously with Celtic Frost, mm. you know, having Tom there and him talk about it and talk about what Giger means to him, it, it's really something special. And it's actually, uh, is it Giger or Geiger? I'm not sure. Uh, I, I sometimes switch between two of them accidentally, but I think it's, <laughs> I think it's Giger. Yeah, I he's actually he he's actually relatable for average people too because he did all the alien stuff back in the day, you know, for the movies. Yes. Yeah. So uh, uh, talent for sure. He's a it's a it's a big loss for the arts, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, although, funny enough, you know, and I kind of wanted to ask about this. Um, speak, speaking of surrealist artists, because um, you mentioned uh, you know the album's titled Cathedral. And the main song, the one where you kind of, as you just said earlier, like compress the whole EP idea into um, Cathedral of the Lost Souls. Um, have you ever heard of uh, Zadislaw Bikskinski? Uh I am not sure. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a Polish surrealist artist. I, I, if I showed you some of his art, maybe it would pop out, but... Um, just the description you had of it immediately reminded me of him and some of the work he's done, like very kind of surrealist, like he'll have kind of like cathedrals that look decrepit and kind of like almost alien looking. Cool. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll send that to you sometime. Do later. it. And hit me up with a link to the documentary too, if you have it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know where it might be showing in Norway, but I can figure it out. Um, cool. uh, anyway, um, well, and you, you know, we, sh <laughs> we shouldn't leave him out. Um, you also have a third guest who is on the album. Yeah. On, um, I think the sixth track, uh, Fortil Ahesk. Oh, that was not that good. <laughs> All right. Give it one right. more go. <laughs> no, I'm not going to try. Uh, you, you say it. Yeah, Fortil Ahesk. Ahesk. Okay. Yeah, Fortil Ahesk. That means uh, born to rule. Ah. That's a that's a great title. Yeah, it's a balls out rocker too, in a way. But it's a bit more. It it's a bit varied track actually. It has some thrash metal elements. It has some groove metal elements. It have and it has some epic metal uh, towards the end there. Uh, really cool track. Um, really looking forward to doing that one live. Mm. Uh, and uh, Mr. Dolk of Comfort has actually um, uh, accepted our invitation to hit the stage with us too, with Ooh. that one. Nice. So uh, we were supposed to share the stage at uh, Vaken, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, who knows what happens there with the yeah. situation. Well, but we, I, yeah. Well, no, I, I definitely want to talk about, you know, obviously COVID and touring everything, but um, before we get into that, I, I've really do like that song and it's great to hear you're going to play it live um because i i was listening to it a couple of times and i kept on thinking like man i'm really getting like a slayer vibe in this oh that's good that's good yeah. kind of a, like, sl a slow slayer yeah well yeah i was thinking like south of heaven yeah cool yeah yeah that's not that far off i think i, I didn't precisely think about any bands or anything but I kind of got the 80s vibe when creating that riff, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, but it's still black metal, you know, so yeah. uh, 
But I remember when I made the intro riff there. No, the, the second riff, the, the thrash one, the, which I call it. I was like, mm-hmm. ah, can I use this? Is this too thrashy? And then the, <laughs> and I just played it back a few times and I was like, ah, fuck it. I would just use it. And now it's just a part of the song, you know. Yeah. And uh, to have a Dolky come along was also great. Um, he actually elevated the song on mm-hmm. his own the whole new way because... I I I basically thought he would come here, he would sing my lyrics and do whatever, and then mm-hmm. go back home. But he actually sat down and wrote his own set of lyrics that kind oh. of a- answered my lyrics, and huh. uh, and he made his own melody stuff, and uh, he really made the song. Man, uh, Dolk is a really talented guy and a great frontman. You should have you seen him on stage. I did. I actually saw them in Norway. Um, it was the the first time I was ever in Norway. It was Blast Fest 2016. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when it was just Norwegian bands. I think, well, it was the last Blast Fest. <laughs> yeah, yep. I, I heard there was some politics or something that was going on with that. Yeah, um, I, know, I know the story there. Uh, it went south. Yeah. Um, but that, that festival was fantastic. And yeah, I think still it's the only time I've seen them live, but they were fan- uh, unbelievably good. Great band, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and they, they are they're actually from the neighboring city also. Oh, really? Yeah, huh. I'm, uh, I'm in Halden right now, and yeah. they are from Fredrikstad, which is like 20 minutes by car. <laughs> that's not far at all. <laughs> that's the neighborhood. In America, that's the, that's nothing. That's just the next block. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, I've got friends who are further away than that that I drive to. Well, not not now, but used to. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah. Um. You know, someone else you've collaborated with the album, and I guess this is the second time you've collaborated with them. Is um, and again, I'm gonna butcher his last name is uh david uh Thierry. it's uh david theria yeah yeah, yeah. Theria. i think i think i'm butchering his name too so sorry david <laughs> if you're listening to this david is uh, a great great guy yeah uh, apologies to dave um but <laughs> uh yeah uh how did how did you uh, d- meet and, and develop a working relationship with him oh man how was that i think uh, my first experience with his work was um, actually when uh, Nocturno Kelto released his uh, solo album slash EP. Hmm. Have you heard that? Gift of Gods? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I liked the, it quite a bit. The, the yellow one with the red letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, David's art. That's the first time the name came up. And then I think some years went by and I kind of met him just by coincidence in the hallway somewhere and was like, hey, Thomas, this is David. David, this is Thomas. Oh, hey. And some more time went by and I met him at the Inferno Festival where he had his stand, I believe. I think he was there with his art. Mm-hmm. And I dropped by and had a chat with him and just said hello and looked at stuff. And uh, I was just... That's, that, that's how things happen, uh, you know, Joseph, you just oh, meet yeah. someone and you kind of click somehow and you, oh, maybe we should do something together someday, you know? And that's precisely what happened. And um, he delivered my fourth uh, album artwork, which is The Sort of Youth with the huge gorge and the little weakling that's crawling there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> totally amazing. 
and uh, and uh, his final his the result what we actually came up with, with uh, for the new album Cathedralen is uh, also amazing. Yeah. It's I don't know man it's it's simple and it's when you see it once you you recognize it. It's interesting because it does differ from some of his other work that I've seen in that it can be very intricate and the, the stuff he's done for you it's it's definitely it's not that it's the opposite of intricate but he does it in a different way that makes it very desolate like it like it just desolation just flows out of both of those album covers yeah it's funny you should say it because you're you're 100% right because it, the, the those two artworks doesn't they they, they don't re- represent the other stuff he's done yeah. at all so i don't know maybe i just infected his mind some way with a virus <laughs> of mine you know the ericsson uh, virus i don't know but you depressed uh, him so much that he I, I, yeah <laughs> Oh man, but I, if that's the case, then I'm happy because then we we are kind of made for each other. Then you know, mm. and he's a great guy too. Yeah, no, I, I came out great, and it's perfect for the music on the album. It really is. Um, yeah, I actually met him briefly at uh, again in Norway at um, Beyond the Gates. I think in 2017. Yeah, um, he was doing a signing. I got one of his art books signed by him. Which is pretty cool. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, let's. Well, before we talk about COVID and everything, well, I guess it's related to COVID. Um, but I, you know, one of the biggest changes for you, I would say, with COVID and everything happened was you starting the podcast. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So, can you talk a little bit on that in terms of like how? You know, was it just sort of like, oh, maybe it's something I'll do? And, you know, what was the conception of it? The conception of it was that uh, I basically, this was the the first weekend before, or it was the first weekend with the first lockdown in COVID in Norway. Mm-hmm. I think it was a Friday or something or Thursday. I can't, can't really remember now, but. We were supposed to go to Bergen on the Saturday and play a concert together with Mortem. You know, the old uh, Norwegian mm-hmm. black metal band got back together again in recent times. And uh, they are buddies of ours. And we this was supposed to be our first collaboration on the concert, you know. Mm. And then the fucking COVID came around and everything was shut down. Nothing happened that weekend. I remember I had been at my mom's house actually having a dinner and had a few beers. Mm-hmm. I came back home to my apartment, had a few beers uh, sitting here alone, just thinking. Yeah. And I I just decided to, hey, I, I'm, since I'm not going to play, let's just try something else. Let's do a podcast. Because the thing is, I have been a fan of, you know, Mark Maron and uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, the, the, the biggest one. Oh, um, oh, help me. Joe Rogan. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, Joe yeah. Rogan. Yeah, yeah. And all the other stuff, you know. I've been listening somewhat to uh, podcasts for a few years now and been a fan and admirer of the platform. And uh, But my concern was that I could never sit and talk for an hour or two, you know. I would never <laughs> yeah. have, have, have enough to say. 
So I, I the, that first night, I just tried to record myself talking, basically, and I was semi-drunk. Mm. And uh, <laughs> I think I kept it going for 20 minutes or so. And that's the first episode that you can hear out there now. Mm-hmm. If you want to listen to me drunk, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but l- l- luck would have it that I know a few people, you know, and uh, Norway is not a big country and I play black metal. I know s- plenty of black metal artists mm-hmm. and uh, several of them are friends of mine. So it's not hard to get them to perhaps stop by and do an episode, you know. <laughs> so that is basically what has happened, you know, and uh, it's been a fun ride. It's approaching a year now. Yeah. And tomorrow night, uh, mm-hmm. Apollyon of Oranoir will come here and, oh. do a, and do a pod. Nice. Oh, that'd so, be great. Yeah. Of course. Uh, well, if, if, if I remember right, they broke up. What was it, like a year or two ago? I, I, I don't know if they broke up. I think it's like a hiatus thing. Okay, well, that's good. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, they're a great band. I, I, I hope to see them live again. Amazing band. Yeah. Um, was has there been any guests on the podcast that have really surprised you in terms of either being able to get them to come on to it or just what they've told you? Was there anything where you're like, "Wow, I can't believe he's telling me this"? Oh yeah, man. Uh, I think every episode is like that. Mm. Uh, I don't know. People are used to do this written interview kind of rehearsed uh, journalist thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, over here, we basically sit in each of our sofas over here and have a drink, you know, and just have a, a friendly conversation. And uh, it's incredible how relaxed these guys uh, have become over here. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's great because the episodes are filled with interesting stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. it's not only questions and stuff because I don't write one single question. I'm just talking. And uh, I am learning just as the listener is learning, to put it like that. And uh, the, the one that surprised me the most of all is obviously Gal. Mm-hmm. The, the way he opened up and... Uh, uh, and the way we got along so perfectly that was amazing you know because i had said hello here and there from before but i did not yeah. know the guy you know mm-hmm. everyone has seen the guy satan you know that guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh i remember when i asked him my first opening question he took a long pause i was just oh man is this, is this going to be one of those <laughs> But, uh, yeah. <laughs> man, two and a half hours later, we were finished and it was beautiful. I still haven't finished it. Um, some of your longer episodes, I kind of do it piecemeal. Like I'll get like 30 or 40 minutes of it and then I'll go back. Um, so I still need to finish up. But I did notice that like at first he seemed to be really pondering. And I was like, is that why it's two and a half hours? <laughs> <laughs> just silence. <laughs> it's just like, so <laughs> did you see that, uh, that documentary those guys did with him? The, oh, the they, vice guys. I think. Yeah. 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 And they, they like, they, at the very end, they kind of asked the wrong question or something. What, and it one was of just, them was, <laughs> yeah. One of them was being an absolute dick, like just asking stupid things. And like, I don't, I, I, I like in, in, I don't think he was intending it, but 
he trolled them pretty well. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. By just kind of like staring and not answering. And yeah, I mean, it's a great moment. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the cool thing is that uh, all of these guys, me included, Gal included, we are all humans, yeah. you know? So, uh, yeah. Well, I think it was, I mean, it's fun. Again, you can never tell because obviously there's editing, so you never know what's really, you know, happening yeah, 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 at yeah. certain yeah, moments. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I felt like they were, the one of them in particular was like bitching and moaning the entire time they were like hiking up to Gull's like grandfather's cabin, like on top of that mountain. And like, I thought that was a really special moment. And then like, there's this one guy who's just like, oh, I hate this hike. Oh, it's so cold. Oh, it's so, and I'm just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know what? I, I actually, it, it, I got the feeling that it was kind of scripted like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Might have been. Might have been. Again, <laughs> who knows? We don't have the like 10 hours worth of B roll. Like, you know, no, like, oh, uh, okay. hey, 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 considering, uh, you need to t- take into consideration that when I did the podcast with Gal, uh, I think mm-hmm. we went over there at, I don't know, six in the evening. And mm-hmm. I didn't leave that art gallery of his until four the next morning. So mm-hmm. we had a real party and there was a mm-hmm. lot of talking going on outside the mics as well. And he probably yeah. told me all, all, all kinds of stuff, but I, I have just drank it away you know <laughs> it's funny too I, I don't know if if you get the impression but um i i'd seen him he did a uh, art gallery event at for blast fest like it was at the big museum that's in bergen the big art yeah. museum um and he felt very again probably because it you know it wasn't his place per se but he felt a little standoffish um he was still gentlemanly but then i saw him 2019 at um beyond the gates and went went to his to his shop in um you know by the pier and you went there that's actually the place that we hung out yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's a great shop and and i know you've also done another one with um the tattooist who is right next door Um, yes she's upstairs Yeah, I, I popped in there because a friend of mine needed to get a ball bearing replaced on her nose. So oh, she yeah. went in there and got, and got a new one. Um, well, and we can talk about that too because you, you, you got a tattoo while you were there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. For, for the audience who can't see. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, um, if, you, if you look at my third album cover, Adam uh, Eaton's Doll, you can see that there's this steak with a, with a goat's head on it. Yeah. And there's some skulls on stakes in the background. That is basically what she did on my arm. And that's the same woman. We're talking about Yannick Weiss Hansen right now. The very talented, legendary tattoo and artist. Tattoo artist. Uh, she did that on my arm. And she also did my cover artwork. But uh, she also did the two first Bursum covers. The first yeah. uh, Satyricon cover art. She did some early logos for bands. So she's a legend in herself uh, or in her own right, you know. Yep. So I uh, also did a podcast with her. You should check it out. Yeah, definitely. I think you said that was only on YouTube at first, but is that going to be up on the other usual places? Uh, yeah, in time. But the okay. thing is, people need to think that uh, people don't need to do that anything because because they don't know. But Having podcasts and uh, up on the platform, Spotify and stuff, it doesn't generate any income at all. 
So yeah. uh, you know, the YouTube thing is not a big earner for me, but it's a little bit, you know, some some sense here and there. So that's just for fun to try it out to see how that works out, you know. But uh, in the end, everything will up will happen to end up on the platforms, obviously. Okay. Because nice. the podcast is something that I do for completely free. It's something I do for fun. And uh, the people seem to appreciate them and they enjoy them. But um, if I grow t- if I grow tired of it, then I will just quit, you know. Because I, as I told you, it's not it's not a career or anything. Um. Well, speaking of you know, in Bergen, um, I I really love that city. Um, but as someone who who lives in Halden, um, yeah. Like, what do you think someone visiting Norway who's only been to Oslo and Bergen is really missing? Uh, I suppose if you visit Oslo and Bergen and drive a car in between the two <laughs> cities, yeah, then you will see most of it. Yeah, because then you have you get to see some mountains and stuff like that yeah. and forests, you know. But uh, personally, I go, I, I, I try to go on a Norway trip and a road trip every year, you know, if I have the time. And I. Uh, Last year, uh, uh, due to COVID, it was no traveling outside because I love mm-hmm. to do that too, you know. But uh, jump in the car and I drove the entire country, you know, and uh, oh. I never never grow tired of it. Uh, how is it like? I mean, have you been to the, the far north? Yeah, yeah, sure. I've been I've been to North Cape. How is it? What is that like? Uh, it's a bit strange. It's uh, there's no uh, there's no trees or anything, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's like a tundra, t- right? It's kind of a t- tundra, yeah. But it's yeah. also you can when you when you, when you're at North Cape, you can see the ocean, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, it's just a special uh, aura up there or uh, atmosphere, you know. I've only been there once, uh, but I don't know. Uh, Norway is something that keeps inspiring me too you know uh at the bottom of everything i do i think it's norwegian nature you know yeah. in the music uh, sense i mean i definitely get that and when i've been to bergen um well and, and also some too I've, I've gone walking out um in bergen i went to uh <clears throat> i'm forgetting the name of it but it's it's the most popular mountain the, like the one that has the cable car that goes up to the top. Uh, um, is it Ulriken? No, no, it's it's not the. I don't think it's that one. It's it's the one where like you can take the one from like the city center and take the tram like up to the top. Yeah, that's um, Flay. Yeah, Flay. Um, and I took that up and I walked all the way back down, and uh, yeah, it's just like I I had some earpods in and i was listening to the cure and it's just magical the cure? <laughs> yeah, you were, yeah not, not bursum <laughs> well no, I, I was at first i was listening <laughs> at first i was listening to Yulver, and then i was listening to the cure yeah um, yeah yeah uh no i i don't uh i, I if you ever go there uh disintegration uh it, it works it, it's a good pairing yeah, sure, sure. I believe you, man. <laughs> uh, but no, but I do get the idea of what you mean, where it's like, just, I, I mean, you live in a very beautiful country, and it's it's not, it seems like, at least as, as a foreigner being there, it's not that hard. 
you're not never that far away from really inspiring nature. No, that's true. But I suppose it's like that over there too, right? In the States? Yeah, but you got to drive a little bit. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Like, Paul, I mean, I'm not, I could, if, if I didn't have to go to work today, I could drive out to the Grand Canyon. Um, so there is that. Um, how far a drive is that? Six hours. Yeah. Okay. Probably about six hour drive. What about so, if you're if you're going to Death Valley? How far is that? Uh, depending on traffic, probably two to three. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't be too hard. Is that cool? Never been there. I have it. the The more popular one is Joshua Tree. Um, okay. Which has you know, the quote unquote Joshua Tree, and obviously U two and all of that is you know popular. But uh, yeah, Death Valley wouldn't be that far. And this time of the year would be the right time to go because you won't die from fucking heat <laughs> oh yeah okay gotcha because <laughs> it is like one of the hottest places in the entire world i remember when we drove from la to las vegas to play the play the gig over there uh we went yeah. through uh, san bernardino and all that stuff and uh yep. oh boy that was hot <laughs> i have friends who live out there yeah oh man <laughs> i remember we just stopped in the middle of the desert uh, out there in between San Bernardino and uh, Las Vegas, and we went out of the car to have a piss or something, and it was like uh, nothing we are used to, you know. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> it's like the polar opposite of uh, like I remember being in Oslo in February and at night trying to catch a train and yep. <laughs> feel, feeling like I was could have freeze to death. <laughs> oh man two two different worlds man yeah. which is funny because like i was in bergen and i could actually walk around with my jacket open and i felt fine yeah um i think it's because of the moisture in the air yeah yeah sure sure but out there in in uh, the nevada desert it was dry hot yeah we didn't yeah. sweat we didn't break a sweat you know it was, it was only hot yeah just everything's evaporating off of you Yeah, I, I never experienced anything like that. So to me, that was quite uh, exotic. <laughs> Very extreme. <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> um, on the other part of COVID, um, yeah, I've been interested in this because I haven't heard anyone really talk about it. But like, how do you feel? Because it seems like every place you go, it's people are dealing with it differently. Like, Literally every country is sort of like seems to be doing it their own way. Um, so how do you feel like it's been handled in Norway? Uh, I need to be honest. I live in my own bubble, you know, so I have no idea how you guys are doing it or other countries are doing it. But over here is uh, as of today, uh, the restaurants are open. Uh, they mm -hmm. are allowed to sell alcohol. Uh, they need to close their taps at 12 o'clock, I think. Um, and that has been shut uh, down for a couple of weeks now. But it's it's up and down, you know. It closes, it opens. Yeah. Uh, we have actually played concerts in Norway during the last year uh, with audience. Mm. But uh, it's with, uh, you know, proper separation between the seats and stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have been doing that. No, nothing even close to that. I mean, the other thing is in the States, it's sort of like each state has kind of been acting like its own country yeah. um, in terms of like what's allowed, what's not allowed. Um, 
I think that might change a little bit sooner because the federal government, I think, is going to be a little more stricter. But, um, I mean, we'll see. Um, in terms of Los Angeles, I mean, it's been pretty crazy because only a month ago, I think the average, we were getting like every day 10,000 people infected. Oh, man. Um, and it was something like at least over 100 people every day were dying. Um but so, you are you are a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean LA County is something like ten million. Um, yeah, there which you is go. <laughs> about the size of Norway. Ah, uh, it's insane, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, especially being cramped up with everyone during a pandemic. It's yeah, fun. No, um, but the, 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 we are we are actually handling this quite good over here. People are. Mm-hmm. Taking the precautions, they are, you know, doing the the what is it? What is it? The hand, the hand sanitizer thing, yeah, yeah. and uh, the masks and everything, and keeping the wearing, distance. Are they wearing masks? Because I was curious if if people were generally wearing masks in Norway. Yes. It's uh, it's obligatory inside stores and ah, uh, places okay. where you can't avoid being close, you know. But in the street, it's okay to not wear it. But uh, people do yeah. that too, and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's strange. It's it's a it's so strange that we are the both of us are experiencing this. It's yeah. a global fucking pandemic. This is something that will be in the history books, you know. It will. Um, I mean, I I think in one of my writings I compared it to, like obviously it's nowhere near as devastating as what World War Two was, but no. I think since World War Two there hasn't been an event that has been that globally impactful where it's like there's no place on earth that isn't impacted by it Ah, it's it's totally i can't wrap my head around it yeah um well being in holden i mean i'm because i find it interesting as well how it's been very different from everything i've read in sweden um where they took a very different approach um and i mean it clearly it didn't quite work out well because the numbers just showed it was quite worse off in sweden compared to denmark norway finland pretty much every surrounding country Um, yeah recently norway has actually cut off the borders now really so swedes can't enter nope oh wow um yeah and you being right at the border i mean are they doing like uh border checks or you know uh, closing the roads and no one can get in yeah, basically, it's uh, the the main road over into Sweden from here is actually snowed in. You know, oh, <laughs> it's, it's it's really strange because people aren't using it. You know, <laughs> huh. so they're just leaving it be as is. Yeah, I, I actually saw it recently because the COVID test uh, station is actually just nearby there, mm. and I went over there just the other day to have uh, my uh, my uh, my stepson checked. And uh, ah. because a teacher of him of his ha- has caught COVID, and because ah. of that, uh, me and uh, his um, his mother have been in quarantine. So uh, this is actually my first day out of quarantine. Oh wow! But okay. it's also my very first quarantine in a year, so I've been lucky, and I also yeah. been around a lot. I'm a musician. I'm doing the podcast. I have business to do. I'm traveling a lot, talking to a lot of people, and I have not caught anything. And I, this is the first time I've been in quarantine. So I've been lucky. Skull. Cheers to that. Skull, my friend. Let's hope that uh, we can get rid of it soon. 
Yeah. And I mean, you know, and the other thing with it, obviously, in the metal world is that this is stop concerts. Obviously, that's affected you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Hellfest just announced they canceled. Um, so I think, unfortunately, that might be a harbinger of a lot of the summer plans. Uh, the shitty thing is that 2020 was supposed to be a new new era for us. Uh, yeah. Because Mork has never toured a lot. We have played a lot of one-off shows and festivals around the world, which is great. But uh, this uh, this last year, we were supposed to do tours for the first time. Mm-hmm. We had a full European tour. We had a Latin and South American tour. Uh, we had Wacken and other festivals. And uh, it all went to shit, you know. And uh, it was kind of moved this year, but this year is also fucked. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I try not to think about it. I uh, try to just use my time to create music and yeah, do, do the do the uh, meat and potatoes in what Mork is, you know. Yeah. And uh, if we get to play a concert here and there, that's a bonus. And uh, on, um, the album is out on uh, March 5th. And uh, we are supposed to have a release concert on the 6th, uh, the Saturday in Oslo at uh, the Rockefeller Music Hall, which is a great venue over there. Um, but uh, that's really nearby now, you know, and you, we don't know mm. what happens. Uh, I think Oslo is in some sort of lockdown now and uh, mm. it probably w- will not happen. But we will try to squeeze some new streaming shows in there so you guys can watch as well. Uh, I, I was gonna say, I think you guys were the first streaming show that I saw um, when when the lockdowns and everything started happening. Um, cool, which which was nice because <laughs> I think it had been over half a year since I saw you at Psycho Vegas. Yeah, um, and yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, a little weird, but you know, headbanging in front of my computer screen while <laughs> watching you guys play. You, but the, the important thing here, uh, Joseph, is that you did that in real time because we did not yeah. fake it. This was live there and then. Yeah, I uh, I know for sure that several artists are pre-recording their live sets and hosting a live stream. You know, and, I mean, uh, I think I think that's fine when they're honest about that. Um, I mean, I think I saw. I mean, but that is that is not a live stream, Joseph. No, it's not. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Just listen to the words "live stream." <laughs> I know, but you know, sometimes they can do creative things. Like uh, I don't know, uh, Oranzi Pazusu did one with really kind of cool uh, graphics, um, and I'm sure that wasn't live. Um, it was too complicated, I think, to be live, but. Um, now I actually take pride in that. We actually, if we were to fuck up, we would fuck up live. You know, uh, that's the thing. That's the, precisely the same as when you pay a ticket to see a show. True. If the if the bass player tumbles and falls on his face, it's live. You know. <laughs> and uh, that night uh, you're talking about, I think it was yeah. in May or something. That was actually a great evening. Uh, it was only the cameras there and the sound guy and the lighting guy and stuff. But uh, I felt that there were people inside the lenses, you know. And uh, after the show, we had this uh, quite long extended Q&A session, which was great. And I would love to do something like that again, you know, because we are we are actually interacting with people. Yeah. No, uh, I would love that. I, I actually participated in the q and I think I sent 
a couple questions. I think two of them got picked by the interviewer. Were you, were you the one who sent dick, dick pics all the time? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was another Joseph. <laughs> ah, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, uh, I forget Just one joking, of Just joking, man. I know. We're, yeah, to everyone out there, we're joking. Um, we're, uh, no, I asked. I asked cats or dogs. Yeah, that one was asked. Actually, I remember that one. Yeah, and yeah, I, that, that I, I, I don't think I got to answer it. I think someone. So I think Alex said neither or something. But no, I think you said cats. If I oh, remember that's right, good, because yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a cat right here next to me right now. <laughs> well, I was gonna ask that, like maybe as the last question. Uh, I've seen on your Facebook some of your photos of your cat. Yeah. Uh, so I take it you're you're definitely a lover of cats. I have become one. That's the mm. that it's it's somewhat of a funny story. Uh, I grew up being totally allergic to cats and dogs and Ooh. everything. Yeah. And I think I still am, actually, but <laughs> not as much. That's good. So not- uh, I, I think just two years ago or something, I was like, oh, I'm living alone here because my mm. girlfriend is another house, you know, uh, mm. yet we are still, we are looking for a house though. But uh, I was like, oh, it would be nice to have a company around here, you know, and the cats, they take care of themselves. They are clean, you know, yeah. they don't, they don't, I don't have to walk them. And uh, her brother, uh, my girlfriend's brother, had a, 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 a what is it, kitten litter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and uh, I picked one just to try. And if I didn't manage, I could just give it back. But uh, mm-hmm. it's stuck here, you know. And uh, I'm handling it. Uh, so that's a good thing. So I become, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a, you know, those newborn Christian people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of like that, but with cats. <laughs> well, I don't like. Well, what is? I have it here somewhere. Like, there's a, a like a photo book of like metalheads with cats. Um, it seems it seems to be a, a thing. Like cats and metalheads go together. I uh, uh, I follow uh, Gary Holt on Instagram. Uh, oh, he's yeah. uh, he's a total cat guy. <laughs> uh, now cats are beautiful. They're beautiful animals and uh, good company. And as I said, they, they they are stubborn. They take care of themselves, and uh, I like that. You know, uh, I don't think I'm the kind of guy who could have a dog. Uh, I love dogs. Don't get me wrong. You know, they're excellent animals and nice. You know, but uh, it's too much work for me. I uh, I try to take care of myself. That's uh, yeah. priority number one. You know, I would love to have a dog, but I uh, not. Because the other thing is, I don't like tiny dogs, so I would want to be living somewhere with like a backyard and everything, where like the dog oh, so can actually it, run around. Ah, so you're not the the Paris Hilton kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of people have Chihuahuas out here, and and I have friends with nice Chihuahuas, but that's just not the kind of dog I would want. I I, I like German Shepherds and Huskies and that sort. The thing that bothers me about people uh, getting themselves uh, animals is that they get mm-hmm. get get them as furniture or as a yeah. cool, uh, you know, a clothing line or something. But yeah. it's a dog or a cat. That that's I that's just awful. No, I, I fully agree. It's, if you if I've... you see, if you see a dirty mutt in the street that is homeless, you should take care of that guy. You know. Yeah. 
not not the fancy little one because it looks like that. It's almost like factory made, you know. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't I don't like that. Yeah, yeah fully agree. They are tiny little lives. Them too, you know. People should, you know, it's it's people should take responsibility. I think so, and uh, if they don't want them, don't breed them. Yeah. Um. Well, I I think that kind of wraps up everything I wanted to talk about. Was there anything else you wanted to mention? Uh, I uh, talking about the COVID thing. uh, I think it's uh, considering we've been losing tours and festivals and a lot of cool opportunities due to the COVID. Yeah. But it's been kind of a fruitful year for me anyway. I have actually, with the upcoming album, I have released three releases, you know? Well, yep. well what, the, the Pestia EP? Yes, I the did the Pesta. Mork. Yes, the yeah. new Mork album, Pesta EP. And I also released the first Mork demo back in May. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Peaceful. Put that yes. Out. So yeah. it's like three peaceful uh, releases with Mork uh, during one year here. And that's a good thing. And uh, that's a big kudos to Peaceville Records as well uh, for being a cool label, keeping the music alive, you know, even though business and uh, the world is falling apart around them. So uh, really pleased uh, with working with those guys, you know, and... Uh, I don't know if people care enough to listen through all of my bullshit here and uh, <laughs> stick by. They should check out the band, you know. And uh, as we said, there is the fifth album is coming out, so there's plenty of material to judge me by. But uh, it's Norwegian black metal, you know. It's what I feel from a day to day basis. Well, everyone out there uh, in radio land or podcast land as it is, uh, Cathedralin is coming out in early March. And um, Thomas can also be heard on the Thomas, Thomas Erickson podcast, wherever you can find podcasts. Uh, thank you, Thomas. Um, again, uh, a million thanks for coming on and doing this. Joseph, thank you very much. And uh, a big kudos to you too, my friend. You were the first guy I did an interview with in the United States. I uh, I went off the stage in Las Vegas and went straight to the showers and then went straight up to the top suite at, the, what was it, the Mandalay or the Delano? Yeah, the, well, the Delano in the Mandalay, yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, you and I had a nice conversation up there. I think yeah. I was still jet-lagged. I was still a bit drunk <laughs> from the show. I had a few quick bears, but man, you are one of the first guys that I can think about, about that trip. And uh, that meant a lot to us. So I will. I thank you for that. Thank you. 